Chris, the other day I was very fortunate to attend a um, Grand Slam of Curling event. Mm, uh, the G-Sock, yes, as you will, a, a round-robin event, and part of my duty was that I was assisting Sportsnet's interviews all day, and uh, the person indu- conducting the interviews was Kevin Martin, who, for those of our listeners who do not follow curling, is uh, the 2010 Olympic men's gold medalist in curling. Uh, he's a Canadian legend and widely considered the greatest curler of all time. And in between a bunch of our interviews, uh, we had some downtime, And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to go watch some of the curling. And I was like, I will go watch with you. And I got to just stand next to Kevin Martin for 45 minutes and watch curling with him and listen to him talk about curling. And it is almost certainly the first time in my life I got to watch something with the greatest person to ever do that thing telling me about that thing. Uh, It was a pretty crazy experience. So I was just wondering if you could watch anything with the greatest person to ever do that thing, what would you watch and who would it be with, aside from darts with Phil Taylor, of course? Sure, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I'll say is you do podcasts with me every week. Oh my god, <laughs> how could I have, I think I'm just, you know, it's on me, but I'm kind of used to your greatness. Mm-hmm. I've, I take you for granted. Yeah, many do, many, <laughs> many, many, many do. Uh, that's a great question, Griffin, I'm, that's very cool uh a bit of a brag on your part but i am happy to allow it because you know i'm very uh very pleased for you and it it Uh, was to set up content absolutely that's that's how we live our lives to set up content ultimately uh but it's a good question and i think i would have to go with football because i feel like you know like you could know i guess baseball like a pitcher would be interesting or like like a really high level pitcher that'd be interesting but i feel like ultimately when you're watching baseball like there's only so much you can really know about baseball right yeah whereas you know i saw the uh did you see that emmanuel Acho tweet that uh went semi-viral a little while ago the one where he called justin herbert a social media quarterback <laughs> that's really good uh no it was not that it was he was talking about i believe it was a 49ers defensive lineman i forget the player's name unfortunately but he was talking about like the idea that this lineman was tipping his like or tipping plays Mm. tipping whether it was a run play or a pass play and he was talking about as a linebacker i believe he played in the uh the old league there you're looking at the formation, you're looking at the personnel on the field, you're looking at the way the receivers are lined up, you're looking at the way, you're looking at all these different things, like so, so many things that we as, you know, plebs would not really look at, or at least not be able to see in the 30 seconds or whatever before a snap. And there's so much stuff. And so I feel like the, the the person who knows like Bill Belichick I guess it would be probably like the person who knows the most about football knows such an insane amount and like sees the game in such a fundamentally different way as we do whereas like a good pitcher you know they certainly have much more insight into the mechanics and things like that but I feel like they wouldn't necessarily see the game in the same way that like they don't see it very differently than we would I don't think I think that's a great choice, Chris. Uh, I think you and Bill would have a great conversation, just chatting away, the two of you. 
Can I say, he seems nice. He does seem nice in his own way. I think he is nice. Do you think it's a bit of a shtick? Like, he knows what he's doing with the... Yes. I mean, I you think, do you think this is about Popovich as well? Because I do. Uh, yeah. Oh, I think Popovich definitely is just a funny guy and leans into it. Yeah. I think that they just like to have a little bit of a mystique about them. And speaking of having a little bit of a mystique about them... It's time for another episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling. And welcome to High Floor, Low Ceiling, the sports podcast you are listening to now, frankly. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you like that i did i did i like a good frankly absolutely you were all over that video let me be frank what Not familiar never mind what? um griffin it's i'll say it the holiday season is in full swing we talked about it last week but i feel like now is the time to really drill down deep on it well yeah. i guess next week is the time to really drill down deep on it yeah, don't tease the people into thinking this is our holiday special. It is not. No, but, you know, don't go start it. Don't, don't flip that dial. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but are you are you feeling this as well? I am, yes. It doesn't help that it's still like seven degrees and sunny outside. Uh, oh, but that's... I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I watched the. Uh, I eased in with the BoJack Horseman Christmas special the other wow. night. Just a nice little 22 minutes. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I think my family's <laughs> getting the getting the tree tonight, and then we'll decorate tomorrow, wow. and then I think we'll really be off and running. Wow. Uh, I did a similar thing to you, except the opposite. Because oh. I watched The Holiday last night, which is ah, one, of one of your favorite movies to be invented. <laughs> and Griffin, it hit even better this time. An incredible well, movie. Yes, I watched it for the first time last year. Excellent film. Yeah, it really... It's just... it's they. She really... Nancy Myers, this is. Right. She really just took two good movies and... Did both of them. Yeah. <laughs> she had two, like, 85% ideas. Yeah. And was like, screw it, one 170% idea. Absolutely. That's a great way to characterize it. Um, How great is that old man? One of the best characters oh, in cinema. Eli Wallach. Yes, of uh, course, the legend. Yeah. That's, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Catherine Hahn makes a brief appearance. Uh, John Krasinski makes a brief appearance. Yeah, a very early Krasinski. <laughs> that those two feel like they should be like peppered in throughout, but they are in just that one scene. Yeah, yeah, you do sort of. Maybe it's because they're more famous now than they were yeah. in like two thousand and four or whenever. But like, had the office even? What year is the holiday? It's two thousand six. So I think so that's that might have been like the first season. Like, yeah, but I guess being like one the second lead on oh really mini king says the office is so inappropriate now it yeah couldn't you... be made today yeah that's not true mindy <laughs> as many true. many people have pointed i i like mindy killing a lot she's a fantastic writer that is not true 
Yeah. I mean, As many people pointed out, it basically airs on a loop on Comedy Central 24 <laughs> hours a day, 7 days a week. It's also like, oh, are the things that they do in The Office... In, is Michael Scott kind of problematic when you think about it? I guess yeah. so. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are these not supposed to be great people? All right. Um, the Office premiered in March 2005. So it literally is just like, this guy was the second lead in one season of like a mediocre sitcom yeah and it was like six episodes too yeah like what's what's the comparison point here i guess that like if like the guy from abbott elementary was like in a movie (laughs) yeah i mean like which the the chris the young chris rock guy uh tyler james williams he could lead he could be a lead wow I'm a big so. fan. Yeah. Wow, he's received critical acclaim for his performance. Have you watched Abbott Elementary? I have. I watched the first season. The second season has not come on Disney Plus yet, but I really quite enjoyed the first season. It's a great show. I have seen the first two episodes and was not blown away. Do you think it is worth me continuing on and seeing if it uh, improves for me? Uh, it does, I think, get a little bit better as the season goes on, but I wouldn't, in this air golden age of television mm-hmm. i wouldn't say that it's must watch if you would rather watch like a different like prestige tv i think that like you, it's an enjoyable show and it's just a, like an easy 22 minutes but you don't have to see it right currently watching how i met your mother so my like sh- kind of schmaltzy sitcom your your void is filled. might be filled yeah exactly uh, another great show yeah, I am kind of surprised how much I'm enjoying it so far. Because that was, yeah, I didn't watch it until after it had finished like airing either. Yeah, and it's like I, it's like impressively funny. It's probably the funniest CBS sitcom ever produced. I have to imagine. Um, yeah, and I always so fact check like, me on that. Very creative for like a network sitcom. Like they try yeah. stuff. It's like it's not quite like community levels. No. But they do like they do play with the form in ways that are kind of surprising. And also like what a great cast. Oh, talent. Talent through the roof. I mean, yeah. It, my one my one quibble is that why is Ted the main character? It is quite something that of the five characters on the show, the actor who probably went on to do the least was the main character. <laughs> I guess that's well, I guess John Krasinski has gone on to do stuff, but, like, he is also, like, the least interesting character. Like, you, you gotta have an everyman in there, I suppose. I guess so, yeah. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he <clears throat> narrates. I forgot that. It, he really does sound like Josh Radner. Uh But, Griffin, we shan't tarry any longer. Oh, we, uh, have, we have been tarrying. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to think of a famous Terry, but one didn't come to mind. Terry Cruise. Gross. Terry. Oh. In my mind, I was like, no, no, that's Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of his brother, Terry. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, though, that their names are both Cruise? Yeah, but Terry. But very Is different. Cruise, Terry Cruise's real name. Or that's Tom Cruise's real name. It's too cool of a name for Did like you know? the fact that they're both cool guys makes me think that it's neither of their real names. I know Tom Cruise's middle name. I'm almost certain, and I will double check it here. But I, I'm gonna say it blind. His name is Thomas Maypother the Fourth. 
Maypother? It might be Thomas Cruz Maypother the fourth. Maypother. And I am correct here. Thomas Cruz Maypother the fourth. That is a name that I have never once heard in my entire life, like in any context. And the crazy thing is, his father was an electrical engineer. Doesn't it sound like he should, like, own a horse stable or something? Yeah, that should be an old money name. Um, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe his father just had a passion for electrical engineering. Sure. And his brother, Terry Allen Cruz. That is his real name, Griffin. Wow. All right. Shout out to Terry Cruz. Had a cool name. Stuck to it. Became a cool guy. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And he did play briefly in the NFL, so we can talk about this. It is on topic. Absolutely. Do you think that if Terry... Do you think that your name... I think you have a cool name. I'll say it. Me? Mm. Thank you. I also if, quite think that Terry I have a cool Cruz's name. If Terry Cruz's name was Griffin Porter, that that would make sense as well? Well, now you're just setting me up for failure. Um. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm saying you get the, your name is brought down by its holder. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, I do think that... I think that the name Griffin is a very cool name. Porter is... I mean, I like Porter. It's it's common. It's sturdy. Yeah. It's reliable. Absolutely. Uh, and there I are feel Porters like it's out a... there. But the first yeah. name Griffin I quite like. So yeah, I do think Terry Crews could be Griffin Porter. And I think that if my name was Terry Crews, I would also be better in life. Maybe. I should I approach should Terry Crews with this name yeah, swap. Yeah, we'll swap. Um, well, famously, I've shared my theory before about how the best athlete name is unique first name, common last name. So you're kind of, and Griffin isn't the most unique first name, but it is, you know, you don't see it meet a ton of Griffins. So, I mean, I yeah, if you you're... just run down like LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant, Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson, Luka Doncic. How oh. common is Doncic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you go to Slovenia, probably very. Um, and no one's named Luca over there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin, speaking of Luka Doncic, he plays in the National Basketball Association. We talked about it a little last week. We did our quarterly report, but we have some more to talk about here. But we also have to bring in a sport with a lot of people with boring Canadian names. Very The true. National Hockey League. It... <sighs> Uh, I I won't say this because I respect our friend of the show Connor O'Neill much too much, but too many Connors. Connor, should a guy named Connor be the best player in a given sport? Well, you said, and then there's Connor Bedard, who's going to be the best wow. player. The, we could we could the see Connors a solid like coming. twenty year stretch where, where a guy going. named Connor is the best player in the NHL. I mean. Yeah, these are unprecedented times. I will say shout out for to Austin Matthews for sh- spelling his name with an O. Sure. I think that's about as good as you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. Evander Kane is a good one. Yeah. I don't see many Evanders. For some reason, Paul Correa just popped into my head. That's a great name. That is a great name. There's got to be some good NHL names out there. Sure, Igor Shosturkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, do, you have the Eastern European flair. Yeah, Zdeno exactly. Chara. Yeah, but it's like, why is Josh Robertson's name jo- Jason? I always do that. <laughs> I always call Jason Robertson Josh Robertson, and I had thought I had kicked it, and now oh it's my back goodness. again. You're slipping. 
Jason Robertson, who like you know could be the Hart Trophy winner this year for all we know. His name's Jason Robertson, and he's Asian, half Asian. And he's do you Robertson? feel left, left down by the fact that his name is Jason Robertson? I do feel a little let down, quite frankly. Like, um, I've been waiting for a half Asian guy to win the Hart Trophy. Yeah, pretty much. That's Jason Robertson, and no one will ever know. Um, Did Paul Carrillo you know, win a Hart Trophy? <laughs> Maybe. Um, he was Asian, right? I don't think he was, Griffin. <laughs> There's a high chance this is all getting cut. Um, I, no, no, he, he was, he was. Oh, okay. He, uh, his father was Japanese-Canadian, yes. Thank God. Uh, but of course, you know, it's it's unexpected because... His father know. was also Korea. Right, exactly. Isn't that... How does, how does that happen? <laughs> that... Keep this in. How does that happen? Isn't that like that? His last name is a country, but not the country he's from, and a, a nearby country, like and if, also spelled wrong. <laughs> those fools. It is like it, it's as if your name was like Griffin Mexico. I guess yeah. that would be cool. Do you think it's like some sort of like somewhere along the line there was a racist white guy who looked at Paul oh. Korea's Japanese descendant and was like, eh, Korea. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I, I I would say that's a highly likely explanation. I think, yeah, I don't think we're saying anything wrong. Here. <laughs> Maybe the last thing you said might be a little out of line. Um, I'm not Griffin. saying I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm placing the blame on the party of blame. Mm-hmm. Of course, Paul Korea's father was born in a uh, Canadian internment camp. Oh my so god. Don't forget... That Japanese people were interred in North America. Yes. Uh, never forget. So, Griffin, <laughs> now that we've, now that we've really laid the groundwork here, let's talk. We have a segment prepared, a brand Nicholson segment um, concerning the NHL and the NBA. I have prepared a few of what I call NHL versus NBA. And these are just, this is just some fun with numbers, like we like to do. Um, so I'm going to throw a couple of these at you. They're, we're comparing two numbers against each other, and you're going to tell me which one is going to win out. And I think the best way to explain this segment is by giving you an example. So we'll start with NHL versus NBA. Connor McDavid's goals this season, he currently has 24 through 27 team games, just so you know. Versus the Boston Celtics win total, who currently have 21 wins through 26 games. Which will be higher at the end of the season, Griffin? Connor McDavid's goals or the Boston Celtics win total? Did you say Connor has 24 goals in 17 games? 27. 27 team games. I did not look up how many games the team, uh, he has played individually. Oh, um, 27 team yes. games. I thought you yes. started to say 20 and then corrected yourself to 17. <laughs> um, 27 okay. games played by the Edmonton Oilers. I think that the Boston Celtics are barreling towards 60-plus wins this season, um, and I do not think Connor McDavid is going to score 60 goals, so I think that is a fairly easy... Uh, take for me in this first one, Chris. I'm going to take Celtics wins over McDavid's goals. 
So it doesn't concern you at all. Connor McDavid is currently on pace, Griffin, for 72 goals. That is impressive, but I think goal scoring like is just up so high around the NHL right now. It doesn't really seem sustainable, so I do think that that's going to come down as the season goes on. Um, and then McDavid, unfortunately, will be dragged down with that. Celtics also might win 73 games. Like That seems possible as well. <laughs> Celtics are very, very good, and we will talk about them a little bit uh, in our second segment. But so you're you're just saying he's not going to score sixty? That's where you're at right now. I mean, sixty I, guys can get hot for stretches, but uh, sixty goals is like Austin Matthews scored sixty last year, and that was the first time in like eight years or something that it had been done. So if anyone could do it, Connor could do it. But I'm just. I, I'll have to see a bigger sample size. Sure, sure. What about, I mean, is 150 points in play for him? I don't know what the highest point total ever. I think, does Gretzky have, like, 200? Yes, sure the 200-point club in a season is Wayne Gretzky, I believe, four times, and then no one else ever. Wow. Um, Mario Lemieux once got insane. to 199 in, like, 73 games, though. Okay, very impressive. Um, so what about the chances, just because I'm now on the bit of a Connor McDavid, uh, bent here, what are the chances he leads the league in both goals and assists, do you think? In both goals and assists? That I would give him a fairly solid chance for. I mean, Jason Robertson, as we mentioned, on pace for a lot of goals, so he will be, I think, Connor's biggest challenge there. Maybe his teammate, teammate Leon Dreisaitl, will be his biggest challenger for assists. But uh, that I would I would give Connor McDavid a forty five percent chance of leading the league in both goals and assists, which is a lot higher than I would give anyone else. Wow, fantastic! Um, and I do have this data here, Griffin. The the people who have led the league in goals, assists, and points in the same season is Wayne Gretzky five times, Gordy Howe twice, Mario Lemieux twice, and Phil Esposito once. And get rid of my teeth. <coughs> that one oh. was for all you at home. Yeah, keep that in, please. Uh, I like where your head's at, Griffin. Let's move on here. This is this is a strange one because I think both numbers. Uh, you know, you talked about goal scoring being a little inflated. I think these are two numbers that might be a little inflated right now. But the league best NHL goals against average. So the current leader is 1.82, which is Linus Ulmark on the Bruins. And then the league, the NBA league leader in steals per game, which is our own OG Ananobi at 2.3 steals a game, which, you know, you assume both of these will sort of regress to the mean. Which one of these is going to end up as the higher number at season's end, Griffin? Uh, I'm going to take goals against average. I think that every year there's a guy who's like sort of around two, um, maybe like two point one. Mm-hmm. Sorry, am I saying which number will be higher? Yes. Yeah, so it's not like a bad goals against average or a good steals per game. Yes, a lower or a a worse goals against average, i.e., a higher number. Even though it is the league leader, I know this is very confusing. Okay. Um. So I, yeah, I'm going to say goals against average. I think that in the end, the league leader will be like 2.1, 2.2. 
I would be surprised if like anyone in the NBA averages more than two steals a game for the entire season. That would be very impressive to me. Having not knowing what steal leaders have done in previous years, I probably should have checked that. But we fly by the seat of our pants here on high floor, low ceiling, mm-hmm. and we do not hedge. So I'm going to take goals against average. <laughs> Love that for you, Griffin. Um, the one that always comes to mind for me is Chris Paul in back-to-back seasons: two point seven and two point eight steals. Obviously, a very high high watermark he did lead the league both those years but uh that's i guess that's the sort of the risk you're taking is that someone is really just going to shoot up the rankings but it doesn't seem to be the case this year og ananobi we'll see if he can hold on to that i mean so here's an interesting thing i just want to mention because it was brought up to me the other day if the toronto raptors were to be sellers at the nba trade deadline is there anyone on the team who I, I I almost feel like I need to just say Scotty Barnes right now, but is there anyone else who you would consider untouchable? I would, if I were the general manager of the Toronto Raptors, if I were Bobby Webster, I would consider Pascal Siakam untouchable. Wow. I mean, I... To an extent that anyone can be untouchable. I think as a GM, I am a firm, no one is untouchable. There's always an offer out there, but I would have, you'd have to move heaven and earth to pry Pascal Siakam away from me. Wow. Unlike you, who famously wanted to trade him for James Wiseman, who is, I believe, not in the NBA. (laughs) Number one, that's not true. (laughs) Number two, that's not true. I believe the package that I was talking about for Pascal Siakam was Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kuminga, James Wiseman, and something else, or something like that. Um, And James Wiseman is in the NBA. I believe he played five (laughs) minutes last night and was a minus three, uh, was the data point that I heard. Um, But yeah, I mean, just if the Raptors were sellers... Why wouldn't you trade Pascal Siakam? I guess is my question because he is, I mean, what twenty eight years old. Yeah. He had. But why would they be sellers? Because right now they're around five hundred. Let me look up their exa- They're thirteen and twelve, and I don't know if they figure to get much better with this team. And do you really want to be a team that's around five hundred for, you know, the yeah, foreseeable well, that future? Is... We are once again in the DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry discussion, it feels like, where are you okay with being a perennial playoff contender and win, maybe winning a round or two and not being a championship contender? But what's different now is that they do have Scotty Burns. So it's an interesting discussion. Well, it's also different. got these two windows. What's also different now is they are not a, like, Eastern Conference Finals contender. Right. The last year, they were a 48-win team. They were significantly above 500. I want to give them credit for that. But they were also, you know, they were sort of like, it was sort of a we-have-a-puncher's-chance-in-the-first-round kind of team. Um, and obviously, I think there is, like, a lot more parity in the league overall. I feel like there's not a ton of teams where you can feel like we're going to run into a buzzsaw. And, like, there's no, like, you know, in this in the way that the Cavs were at a time where it's like, once we run into the Cavs, we're not going to beat that team, so it's over. There's 
fewer of those teams, but also the Raptors aren't, you know, the Raptors won 59 games the year before Kawhi Leonard joined them. The Raptors won 56 games and went to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2016. Do you think that this core is going to win 56 plus games? Uh, I mean, no. It's a good point. I think the one to move is Fred Van Vliet. Sure. But you do uh, you do make some compelling points there, Chris. I think that they will play out this season. I think that the Raptors, for better or for worse, are strong believers in their group and their own internal development abilities and things like that. But then I think after this season, if they don't make a step, then I think it's time to have the discussions about what, how you're going to maximize the career of Scotty Barnes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, the whole, I think that, yeah, they, they were, they relied so heavily or, you know, sort of indexed so heavily into continuity this year. And I think if you choose to run back the team in such a definitive way, and then you're not better than you were last year, then you have to have that conversation for sure. Um, a brief digression into a different direction here's a a fun little one for you griffin i have no idea what the historical data on this is but nhl hat tricks across the whole league currently at 26 nba triple doubles across the whole league currently at 24 six of those are luka Doncic. if you were curious uh which one is going to be the greater number by the end of the season we did just see Tage Thompson almost get a double hat trick last night. I'm not sure. That does, does that count, count for two? No, it does not. I personally... Is a four-goal game a hat trick, Chris? Okay, this is interesting. You want someone to hit the button. I think that a hat trick is a three-goal game. So the, the counter-argument here... What, you know I love to play devil's advocate, yes, especially you to you... Once the hats are the hats go on the ice, so like you can't unhat trick a hat trick, right? Right, but like, is it? I'm trying to think of a example here, a comparison. My mind is racing as I talk. Um, I see what you're saying. That like you know you have to hit it on the button for it to be you know a hat trick is three goals in a game. It's not right. four goals. Like in if a you game. hit a triple, you don't. You didn't hit a double. Right. Okay. I like that logic. You have you have gone beyond the hat trick. I mean, I think for our intents and purposes, it counts as a hat trick. But I think 26 hat tricks in the first, like, when every team has played about 26 or so games is crazy yeah. to me. Uh, so I think the number is triple-double. I think that, just based on vibes, triple-double seems like a much more common occurrence than a hat trick like russell westbrook averaged a triple double a few years ago no one's ever averaged a hat trick um we hope um i I don't think anyone's ever scored 240 (laughs) goals in a season i don't think so either but i'm not going to pretend that i know every person who's ever played in the nhl griffin maybe you feel differently um (laughs) (laughs) i'm fairly confident the single season goal. i don't think anyone's ever scored 100 goals in a season um, you want to hear something a little crazy, Griffin? Yeah. LeBron James, only one double-digit assist game this season. That is crazy. I guess that- uh, Patrick Beverly 
taking all his assists. By the way, the single season uh, goal record is Wayne Gretzky with 92. Mm. So no one has ever averaged a hat trick in the NHL. So close. So close. Uh, What about... Has well, never mind. I'm not gonna bother with this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what has anyone ever scored like six goals in two games and then missed 80 games or something? <laughs> that would be a good one as well. Um, but let's move on here, Griffin. A couple more. The two unexpected teams currently leading their division, currently, uh, both I believe, or I, actually now the New Orleans Pelicans are now, I believe, the one seed. Because the Phoenix Suns just took a loss. So they they have a game in hand. So the New Orleans Pelicans, by half a game, are the number one seed in the Western Conference. Very surprising, I'd say, uh, at this point in the season. The Winnipeg Jets, Griffin, also playing very well. I believe they are... They would also be the two seed in the Western Conference, tied with a couple of other teams. The number one team in the Central Division... Which of those two teams will end as a higher playoff seed by season's end, the Pelicans or the Jets? Uh, you know, Chris, the Western Conference in both leagues is tough, uh, but I think that the Pelicans ooze talent. Wow. I, I like the New Orleans Pelicans a lot. Zion, we're finally seeing it. Brandon Ingram's phenomenal. CJ McCollum, I like him. I know you don't. Um, no. Jonas, you got to love Jonas. Yeah. Jose Alvarado is apparently a three-point bomber now. So give me the Nop. Give me okay. Nola. Give me the, the Scary Birds, the Smoothie King Center. I'm taking it all. Give me Bourbon Street. Give me Mardi Gras. <laughs> wow. Uh, Take the whole whole city. French yep. Quarter. Yep. Give me the Louisiana Purchase because I'm <laughs> buying all the New Orleans Pelican stock. Okay. Great segue. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly I think... No one expected them to be this good. I was rather down on them this season. Um, you know, somewhat controversially. So far, <laughs> I seem to be wrong. But what? You just you, you made waves with that one? Well, I think it was a little controversial to say that they would not be... People, I think, had very high expectations for them based on how they closed the season after the C.J. McCollum trade, how they played against the Suns in the playoffs when they were, you know, clearly fighting an uphill battle, and then getting Zion Williamson back. I think people did have pretty high expectations for them, did think they could be a a 50-plus win team. They currently, Griffin, have the number six offense and the number three defense in the NBA. They are, like, so far are basically this year's Phoenix Suns in the same way that the Suns were two years ago. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Buy, become Thomas Jefferson with me, Chris. In only, only in the Louisiana Purchase thing, and none of the rest. Right, of right. Thank you for. You can invent you for the swivel chair that. too. Sure, you probably invented some of the good stuff. Um, well, then Griffin, we'll have to see on Friday when the Phoenix Suns take on the New Orleans Pelicans. That'll be. That's that's a battle for the number one seed in the Western Conference. Who would have thunk? Uh, 25 games into the season. Very interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets, it's crazy that they're that good. Um, I certainly would not have guessed that, you know, if you asked me to sort of sketch out the standings. That would be a good segment. Mm. 
It would probably make us look really bad, though. Sketching out the standings. That's just like, don't look, like, you can't look at anything. Just write out what you think the current standings are. That would be, that would be pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, that would be, that would make (laughs) us look bad. There's a lot of sports out there. We're, We're tasked with following a lot of different things. Yeah. I've only watched, like, I shouldn't even admit this on the air, but I've only watched, like, three or four Raptors games this year. I have barely watched the Raptors this year. And it's partly, yeah, it's mostly a time thing. Mostly I'm working during their games. Yeah. But they've also been a little uninspiring this season. They were so exciting last year. Um, You know, sort of. Yeah, but it's like Pascal's playing like all NBA OGs gunning for defensive player of the year. I should want to tune in more. Yeah, it's, they're they're in a bit of a rut. I would like to see them. Yeah, you know, maybe they need to rip off a win streak or a losing streak, for that matter. Yeah, that will not Wembenyama. I would tune in to watch us tank for Wemby. Absolutely, I would at least you know. I don't think I would start watching the games more if we went on a losing streak, but <laughs> I would probably start paying more attention. Um, so yeah, I mean the Jets, good for them is really all I can say. I don't really know why they're that good. Um, like they. I guess Rick Bonus is just the guy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the bonus. Uh, Fr- the the bonus, the bonus Jonas because he wasn't the one they wanted. Uh, Absolutely. They, they wanted Barry Trotz, and look at that. Uh, no, I do think that the Jets will come crashing down to earth a bit. That locker room seems toxic, and as soon as they start to lose, I think it'll fracture. Wow, it'll very splinter. strong words from Griffin. Um, well, you don't I, believe it's in? Been, it's been whispered that Pierre Luc Dubois' Jets. leadership. Mark Scheifele's leadership. Yeah. Well, I think the idea, you know, the counterpoint to that is they're sort of trying to turn around their locker room. And that's sort of, you know, the locker room turnaround might be leading to them playing better this year. Also true. You never know. Or I guess not better, but about as well as last year, mostly. Um, All right. Do you want to do one more here, Chris? Sure. Absolutely. And this, I think, is an interesting one. And it's a it's a carefully worded question. Which team will play in more playoff series? The Golden State Warriors or the Toronto Maple Leafs Griffin? The reigning NBA champions or a team that has failed to get out of the first round many times? So the risk you're taking here, because I do think that the Warriors, you know, if they got into the playoffs they can sort of hang with anyone in a playoff series. Absolutely. I think most people would agree with that. They are currently the 10th seed in the NBA. So they would have to win two games even to get to one on this. Yeah, if they do end up being a play-in team, then you're taking a risk that they might be in zero playoff series. Whereas the Leafs, they're rolling right now. I think most people felt like they had a safe path to a playoff series at the very least. Uh for the regular season. So they're pretty much guaranteed one. They're very much not guaranteed a second one. So that's the sort of, that's where you have to play with it here. Yeah. You know what, Chris, every time we do one of these, I I stick to one side (laughs) when it comes to this team and playoff series bets. This is the year. They're looking good. I know that the regular season doesn't matter, and they're not going to catch the Bruins probably, so they might have to play the Lightning in the first round again. But uh, I'm also not that into the Warriors, so give me the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
yeah, the Warriors definitely a little uninspiring. I I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't <laughs> Do know anymore. Believe because, in the Leafs. Believe in Toronto. Surely, surely, surely last year was the year. Like, if there was ever a year, right? Yeah. Austin Matthews was like the best goal scorer in the NBA. Mitch Marner was amazing. All the other players were great. Like Michael Bunting did more than people expected. Alex Kerfoot. Like, I mean, I guess they, they do still have like a lot of those primary guys back. Like Jack Campbell did more than anyone expected that year, although he sort of trailed off towards the end. But surely last year was the the year to pick if you were going to pick a this is the year that they break the streak year, right? Yeah. I mean, we've said it every year, but this one... <laughs> This one feels different, Chris. <laughs> Does it? The goaltending. Gen- genuine question. Does it feel different? Uh, no. But <laughs> through sheer <laughs> mathematics and probability laws, it's got to happen sooner or later. It, that is like really, that I think that is the strongest argument <laughs> in their favor. It's like, it can't happen every single time. <laughs> exactly. It can't have again. It's like I would have said that about last year as well for sure, um, and did many times. Yep. Are you? Here's an interesting flip to this, Griffin. Are you worried about how they'll play when they're healthy? Because right now they are incredibly depleted, especially defensively. Um, a lot of defensemen and. Ilya Samsonov on injured reserve. Are you worried that they are like in a perfect storm right now with Matt Murray playing the way he's playing with, you know, the lower depth chart guys stepping up. They've now won what, like, I think they haven't, they are on a point streak, much like Mitch Marner of around 13 games and 10 of those are wins. So really on a hot streak right now. Are you worried about how they'll play or if they will regress once everyone is healthy? Uh, No, Chris, I'm not. I think that their strong stretch of play, despite missing Morgan Riley and TJ Brody and Jake Muzzin and all the many, many more, uh, has just shown like how good of a job Cal Dubas has done of building the depth on this team. Like It's something that Leafs fans have been worried about for many years is the defensive depth. And, like, here it is. We, we've we got it. And now that uh, that hopefully, like, TJ Brody is supposed to come back tonight. I'm not sure if you saw that. I didn't. Um, and I, you, I think, know how I feel about TJ Brody. I think he is one of the best defensive players in the entire NHL. Every single time that man is on the ice, he, like, knocks down a pass. He breaks up a play. In my eyes, he is perfect. Um wow. <laughs> Love Actually, Christmas yeah. time. Uh, you gonna watch Love Actually this year? Definitely. Yeah, you you a Love Actually head? Um, it's on the list for sure. I I it's probably been a couple of years, but I would definitely like to revisit. I have very fond feelings towards it. There are people I know who do not care for it at all, so I would like to reassess, perhaps. Oh, it's one of those movies that like people really like to say. Oh, I. That one's terrible. You like that one? Yeah. But um, I do. I think if there's any time of year to watch a 
flawed movie about the yeah. power of love, is it not? Open Christmas your time? heart. Exactly. Open your Just heart. give into it. Don't try and be so cold. Absolutely. Why you gotta be so rude? One of my yeah. favorite songs. Oh. <laughs> what an awesome song. Um and just very quickly, Griffin, real or fake, Matt Murray. Real. Wow. Okay. That will do it for NHL versus NBA. This is a fun one um probably not one we can revisit too often but uh we will definitely we should definitely try and do something like this again we're going to take a quick break and we are going to do a little bit of an end of year review when we come back on high floor low ceiling you see that the uh 10 and 2 vikings are underdogs against the 5 and 7 lions i did see that that's very really funny. Funny. Shout out to Connie. I mean, the Vikings are so fraudulent. It's the freaking Vikings. Come on. Yeah. No, I don't think I've. I, I think I've been recording this entire time. Okay. But that'll we'll be my that. problem as the editor. Put that in about the Vikings because they are frauds. And welcome back to high floor, low ceiling, Griffin. You know, I just said it a few seconds ago to our listeners' ear. But speaking of things that we can't... Wait, what What did you say? What was your pitch for this? Uh, revisiting. <laughs> right. Speaking of things we can't revisit too often, we are going to revisit something for the one and only time I get. And well, maybe we'll come back to it at the end of the NBA and NHL seasons and do a second review. But a few months ago, Griffin, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and call this another edition of Accountability Corner. I like it. This is not a brand Nicholson segment. This is the return of Accountability Corner, everyone's favorite segment. Um, a few months ago, we did something that I call the Mega Draft. Uh, you also called it the Team of Teams Draft, which I really like. Uh, shout out to Ellen's Game of Games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where we picked some teams that we, we picked some teams from the four major sports that we thought would be the best performers over the course of the next season. I think we should check in again at the end of the season as well, get some playoffs results in there as well. Yes, for Um, sure. But we are going to check in on those teams. So do you want to just go back and forth here and discuss our our top picks here and see see how we did or how we're doing so far? Well, we both went with first-round picks uh, that may not have panned out so far. I was given the first overall pick, and I took the consensus number one, Mm -hmm. the Colorado Avalanche. It's been a tough year in the Mile High City, um, both in football and hockey. Mm. There's there's been a lot of injuries. Let's ride. For, for our defending champs. And they're currently sitting at 13-10-1, fourth in the Central. Nathan McKinnon's going to be out for like a month. Gabriel Landeskog is out indefinitely. They lost Nazem Kadri, of course. So, yeah, I'm not feeling great about my first overall pick. I'm hoping they'll at least scratch their way back into the playoffs, but they're 13-10-1 right now, and I think they're gonna that record's going to get worse without Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I mean, Vegas is running away with the conference a little bit. They're at 39 points. Colorado at 27, but they're not far off of most of the other teams. And you would say, like, at the very least, even if you're going to say Vegas is the best team in the West, which I don't think you can say, you know, with any level of definitiveness, you should say that Colorado's number two, even if they're not operating at peak efficiency, right? Like, you look at the teams above them, it's like, I guess Edmonton could also turn it on a little bit. They're only at 30 points, but the Kings... The Seattle Kraken, 
the stars are good, the Winnipeg Jets, which you already said would fall off a cliff, uh, and the <laughs> Minnesota Wild. So, like, no teams that really are like, that's a sturdy team. That team is going to stand the test of time for the rest of this season and continue to be good. You can't, you don't feel strongly about any of those teams, right? No, I certainly do not. Uh, so, yeah, maybe a little bit of hope for my Colorado Avalanche. Chris, your first round pick oh. was an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> I That's a great way to put it, Griffin. Very, very, very disappointing. Um, on pretty much every count, for my Los Angeles Rams, I took a bit of a risk picking them number one. I felt like they had sort of cracked the formula, that they were set up for success, and it has been, you know, you want to talk about injuries, Griffin. Matt Stafford looks likely to be done for the season. Cooper Cup could very well be done for the season. My fantasy team is in huge trouble. Uh, I'm a proud Cooper Cup owner in multiple leagues, and he could be, you know, he could be gone for the year. Uh, so that's not good either. But yeah, the Los Angeles Rams currently three and nine, currently last in the NFC West. A very disappointing year for them, and you know. You're worried about the uh, the Avalanche making the playoffs. I don't think I have to be worried at all about <laughs> you're, you're, the Rams. They've given you the peace playoffs. of mind at least. And I guess I I get it is my fault for both for picking the Rams, which you know were a team. I thought they were well set up. You know they had some continuity going, but are, were quite old when they won the Super Bowl last year, and also a team. You know. Picking a football team, I think that was a mistake. There's just too much volatility in football. Yep. Except for your next pick, Griffin. Yeah, uh, I, I prospered with a football team. I of course had the Buffalo Bills. You all know about the Bills. They're nine and three. They're first in the AFC East, and looking like bona fide Super Bowl contenders. Yes. Um, are they? Do you still consider them the best team in football, or do you think the Eagles have to be number one? Uh, I mean, I do think the Bills are a better team than the Eagles. With all due respect to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is my fantasy quarterback. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. The Eagles. They've got great helmets. So do the Bills. Uh, sure. But, yeah, I think the Bills are probably beating the Eagles. Um, What about, are you worried about the Chiefs at all, vis-a-vis, you know, as a an owner of the Buffalo Bills or a governor uh, in this team of teams draft? Well, I guess you don't have to be worried about the Chiefs. No, I'm not. I guess it's a whoever wins you win situation. Exactly. Yes, I not to tip the tip Mm -hmm. the order, but I did draft the Chiefs in the fourth round. Yes. So I'm sitting pretty in the AFC, and I don't think you have anyone challenging me out of the NFC, Chris. So I think that I have taken the football crown in this draft of team of teams. Absolutely, you have taken the football crown, Griffin. Uh, Some great selections by you. I, however, did make some pretty high-quality selections in another sport. Well, pretty high-quality. We'll see. Yeah, you went on a nice Um, little run of basketball teams here. Yes, I took a few basketball teams here. Um, As I recall, mostly was sort of picking against your picks. uh, And it's sort of basketball kept ending up in my lap. But I have picked what appears to be pretty clearly the best team in the NBA this season, the Boston Celtics, we talked about them a little bit earlier. 21-5, and five, Griffin. They keep winning. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, 
look like the best star duo in the NBA. Some dominant wins. Um, I love going to a basketball reference page, and you know how they have the 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 game results with the green and the red bars for wins and losses. Oh yeah. I love a team with a lot of like big green bars where it's like they had some big wins. Like I love looking at like they beat Atlanta by 25. They just had a huge win against the Phoenix Suns uh, on yesterday, uh, Wednesday, just a, a phenomenal performance for them so far this season. My coach of the year pick Joe Missoula, New York Joe himself, Looking hey. real nice right now. Hey, hey, I'm Joe Mazula. I'm trying to win an NBA championship wrong. over here. Um, the number one offense in the league. Very impressive. Maybe uh, like the eleventh offense ever. Yes, a, a fantastic offense. The number eleven defense right now, Griffin and Robert Williams. Apparently going to be coming back soon. Yeah, that could easily change better. as well. So I feel great about my pick. I think this will probably be, you know, things could still change. You you have a pick that I think could be a threat as well. But I think uh, quite a good chance here to be the number one overall seed in the NBA, the Boston Celtics. Well, yeah, Chris. And, of course, my pick that you were talking about uh, there, the Los Angeles Lakers, who I selected in the fifth round, clearly a challenger to the Boston Celtics. Absolutely. For first overall. No, I had the Milwaukee Bucks, which I think we all, all basketball fans, pray that that will be a fully healthy Eastern Conference final, like seven games, but mm-hmm. Giannis and Tatum and Middleton and Brown and Holiday and Smart, like those two teams match up so well. Two great coaches. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the last pick, I took a flyer on the Los Angeles Lakers, which has mostly looked bad, but they're starting to look a bit better. Russ coming off the bench, AD looking like sort of reminding people of who he actually is. Yeah, people were, for for years now, people were slandering Anthony Davis. Yeah, and he had a lot of trouble getting healthy, but it was like, do you, you don't, you've forgotten what this guy can do, haven't yeah. you? Like, yeah. Like, he was as good as like, and Embiid was like in his, oh, yeah. at his best, like yeah, no question. And people just totally people act like he wasn't that good, and it's like you are just you're being willfully obtuse, is what I say to those people. <laughs> you tell them. Um, yeah, certainly trending in the right direction. Did have two bad losses the last couple nights, especially to Toronto. Uh, obviously, you know, a, a bit of a depleted team. We don't know exactly how LeBron James is doing. Anthony Davis apparently has the flu, so that hopefully yeah. that will uh, clear up shortly. But we'll have to see how that works out for the Lakers. Uh, certainly not in an amazing position right now, but, you know, that could change. I, I wouldn't lose hope in them just yet, even though I personally have lost all hope in them. <laughs> uh, a couple of more NBA teams. I have Griffin. The I'm going to say it. They're going to be the number one seed in the West. Wow. The Phoenix Suns. Disrespecting not, my Louisiana purchase. I'm not too worried about the Louisiana purchase. I'm not super worried about the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, obviously, the Phoenix Suns have been missing Chris Paul for a lot of time. Uh, he is apparently going to be back shortly, and that's a huge boon for them. I think that they will be I think that they will be the number one team in the West. Um, it's sort of theirs to lose at this point. Uh, especially with some other potential challengers like the Denver Nuggets not setting the world on fire to start the season. Um, 
And because, you know, Golden State not playing their best, and also this team not playing their best just yet, another team on my roster, Griffin, the Los Angeles Clippers, currently the ninth seed, the nominal ninth seed, although, of course, it's early in the season. There's not much separation between the four and the 12, basically. Um, Currently the ninth seed, but above 500, have been missing a lot of Kawhi Leonard, have been missing a lot of Paul George, um, you know, have been missing Norman Powell, like missing a lot of guys. Um, And so I do think that they can definitely become, you know, you have teams like Sacramento and Utah above them. I have to think that they're better than those teams, uh, broadly speaking. So I do have faith in them to climb up and maybe be a five seed. Um, But right now, not in the best position, technically the ninth seed, although, like I said, very little separation. Yeah, uh, Chris, I don't want to say I wasn't listening to you at all, but I've just been learning a lot about the Louisiana Purchase. Wow, um, okay. Should I... <laughs> no, but I, I do agree with your takes on the Clippers. <laughs> I was listening, of course. Uh, they've been banged up, and yeah, I do think that top four seed would be my projection for the Clippers by the end right. of the year. Like the Another great coach. In theory, Kawhi has to play basketball eventually, right? Yes, I guess so. They can't make him. No, that's true. They can't. He's not a uh, prisoner. But Uh, speaking of which, welcome home soon. I assume Brittany Griner. Yeah, by the Um, time this airs, she may have just landed. She may be hours away from landing, but she's on her way back. Very happy to see that. Yeah, I mean, that's that was crazy. Um, and just crazy. hope that she gets home safely and soon. But very happy to hear that news this morning. Um, and then finally, my last team, Griffin. We already talked about them a little bit. They have the best player in hockey, pretty definitively. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Fourth in the Pacific, not in the best position. They're sort of right around the Colorado zone at this point. Um, obviously lost Evander Kane with that scary injury. He seems to be on his way back soon. Um, and in a similar situation to the Clippers where it's like, are the Kings better than them? Probably not. Are the Kraken better than them? Probably not. No. The, well, like, I guess Dallas could be better than them. But Yes, I think Dallas is. But a couple of teams they can definitely leapfrog and I think should be comfortably in that sort of middle seed area in the West, and then, you know, the playoffs. Let's see if they can replicate some of that magic. But, uh, so that's, those are our teams, Griffin. We definitely we, both had some great hits. Yeah. We, we definitely both bad. had some great misses. I think we did, I th- I'd say we did about 50-50. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at three out of five good. You're looking at, I think, two out of five actually good with two more, like, potential. Yeah, I'd say you had probably three great... One disappointing, one bad. I had two great, one really bad, and then two could go either way at this point. So, you know, I don't think that we can declare a winner just yet. We'll have to check back in uh, around the playoff time. That will be an exciting thing to do. And that will have to bring this episode of High Floor Lists. Just before we go, Chris, I do want to give you a bit of trivia on the Louisiana Purchase please, here. Please, 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 please do. Uh, if I were to ask you, the territory that was purchased, today, how many states would that territory be a part of? What number would you give me? I was actually just 
talking, I wasn't talking about this specific detail, but I was, I don't remember the context of the conversation, but I was sort of like looking into some of the land purchases that the United States made and how massive like the tracts of land that they bought up were. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say like 19 states. Wow, you uh, you certainly got. I would have said like three, and I know without looking it up, the actual answer is fifteen states and two provinces. Alberta and Saskatchewan wow. both wow. have territory today that is part of that that was initially part of the Louisiana Purchase. I always thought it was just like the area around Louisiana. Louisiana. It's like a yeah. massive swath of the it's, of our beloved Midwest. It's Jimongo. Um, it's and crazy. If you were to guess how much they paid per square mile in 1803 dollars. I'm gonna say like 35 cents. It was $18 per square mile. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little off of my scale, yeah, but which I I would take. Yes, I I'm gonna call it a steal. Yeah, possibly literally. Jefferson um, is an all-time GM. I think we'll say that much for sure. Sure. And once again. Uh, we don't like Thomas don't endorse Jefferson. him as a guy. <laughs> no, Absolutely. bad guy. Screw Thomas Jefferson. Sure, uh, but yeah, that'll do it. That will do it for this week. Next week, Griffin will be the season finale of High Floor Low Ceiling, the return of our vaunted, beloved holiday special. We're excited, uh, guys. We hope very that you excited. will tune in. Did you know that last year's holiday special is our most popular episode? Okay, I think that's justified because I think that is one of our best episodes. Um, if you want to get excited, go back and listen to that holiday special. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the Halloween special. I think that was an, a great episode. You're such that, a Tim uh, Burton kid. Listen to sure. Halloween at Christmas time. Yeah, so true. You spilled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it when you use internet lingo. It confuses me. <laughs> You do not, you have no idea how much I say soy and swag. (laughs) (laughs) But listen to that episode. Get excited for the holiday special next week. Um, Thank you all for listening. Please remember, give us five stars. Tell a friend about us. Um, I hope that those of you who listen enjoy doing so and have, uh, you know, have a friend that you might want to recommend it to. And we would love to have you do that. So please do. Um, follow (laughs) shut up shut up shut up follow (laughs) HFLC podcast on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok Uh, listen to the OUA basketball show listen to Got the Runs you can follow Griffin at GriffinPorter97 on Twitter you can follow me at CHouseandJane on Twitter and until our festive special next week please keep your floors high and your ceilings low 